and Joe. And we are married, and we like making each other watch movies that we like. Yeah, we do. Joe? Yep. What did I make you watch this week? Now and later. Mm. The movie about mm. uh, candy. Uh, hmm. No? Uh, no. A little off? A little bit off. Now and then. Now and then. It's like Stand By Me, but with less dead bodies and more girls. True. Would you like to give us a little plot summary? Yeah, so there's four girls who are best friends, sisterhood of the traveling pants style. Okay. Only without the traveling pants. Mm -hmm. But they're four friends. None of them are Latina, uh, which I think they were in um, sisterhood of the traveling pants. There was one, yes. There There was only one? I thought they were like all... No, there was one who was Latina, one who was Greek, one who was blonde and one who was <laughs> uh it's okay you can say european they like being called that these days yeah that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so anyway so there's these four friends who have been friends since their childhood mm-hmm. and they have since grown up and so they meet each other because they've decided that they're going to meet like w- they're gonna all meet up no matter where they are in life anytime anyone needs them correct and why I guess because she was, like, pregnant. She was having her baby. She was was the first one of them to have her baby. She was, okay. So, redhead. So, it's uh, pretty easy. There's blonde. There's redhead. There's brunette. And there's tomboy. Okay. That's accurate. (laughs) I suppose. You could also, you know, use their names. I don't remember their names. Redhead was Chrissy. Okay. Blonde was um, Teeny. Mm Mm-hmm. Tomboy was Roberta, mm-hmm. and Brunette was Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Chrissy yes. is having her baby. So they all meet up, and then the writer one, one of them has grown up to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam. Sam. She starts reminiscing on this particular summer that they had when mm-hmm. they were girls, wherein... I don't know. They just did a bunch of stuff, right? Like, I guess it was just kind of like a, a pivotal summer. Their goal for that summer was to save up enough money to buy a treehouse. Oh, yeah. Which which was weird because there wasn't an awful lot of saving up. There was like one throwaway scene where they were like, oh, we got to paint this garage door because it's 10 cents. They got sort of sidetracked by the other events of the they summer. They did. Yeah. Such as searching for the reason some young boy has died. Yep. Um, back in the, like, past, in mm-hmm. the 40s. Um, and boys. Boys. Um, Sam's parents were fighting. Sam's parents were getting a divorce. Roberta was coming to terms with her mother's death, even though it happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, they get through the summer, and then the baby is born. Yes. And that's pretty much the movie. Except, I don't think you've yet made it clear, did you, that... They're grown-ups when she has a baby? They're not still... Yeah, no, they okay. they, they grow up... Like in Stand By Me, the story is being told about a particular summer that adolescents had mm-hmm. from the perspective of one of the now grown-up adolescents uh, who is now a professional writer. Yes. Of science fiction. Yes. <laughs> so, so I guess there even was the dead body. The dead body was just in the ground already. Yes, they, they're, both movies had death as sort of like a theme, sort yeah. of. Um, 
So, why do you think I wanted to show you this movie? Because it was probably a movie you liked as a kid. That That's a theme with you <laughs> for this show. Um, also, we've talked about coming-of-age stories a lot mm-hmm. um, because of that yep. on this show. And particularly my sort of wondering about can you do that with girls and not have it be all about boys mm-hmm. and have it feel fair and not like well we made one for boys we got to make one for girls now mm-hmm. so i i imagine that some somewhere in that ballpark is the reason you wanted me to watch this <laughs> yes film. this was a movie i watched as a kid i believe the first time i watched it i watched it with my mom um it kind of just for some reason i guess i I, i'm pretty sure i was about 12 when i watched it so you know the age of the girls um in 1970 um and it sort of just had like a lasting impact on me this is one of those movies that for whatever reason is always in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. like i always compare things to it when i see a movie that's kind of similar or read a book that's kind of similar um uh Actually, one of the, uh, oh shoot, I should have the quote like completely all the way pulled up. But in my, um, one of my classes in middle school, right after I saw this, we were given a um, project to sort of encompass ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we made like a scrapbook of everything we are. And everything that influences influences us as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like a page, like one of, you know, there are requirements for what pages we had to have in the scrapbook. One of the pages was like 10 quotes that have shaped you as a person. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, it's a little embarrassing. But there is one quote from this movie that I put on that page. Do you have any idea what that quote was or who might have said it? Mm, I want to say it was a Chrissy quote, but I, I don't remember hardly any of the dialogue from this movie. It was not a qu- Chrissy quote, actually. It was a Crazy Pete quote. Um, he said, things will happen in your life that you can't stop, but that's no reason to shut out the world. Oh, yeah. Which also, that is one of my favorite tropes in literature, the, in movies. The white magical Negro? No, no, you have such a cynical view of it. <laughs> More so the person who is an outcast, mm-hmm. um, but he's been through a lot. And despite the fact that everybody kind of just craps on him all the time, he is still a person with feelings and he is more willing to move past people's perceptions of him and do good things. Yeah, the hooker with the heart of gold. He wasn't a hooker. He wasn't um, a hooker. He was an old man who who witnessed a murder or something. It was his son and his uh, wife. Were you not paying attention? <laughs> I, we saw the movie like two weeks ago. Yeah, we're not exactly up on our schedule right now. We're a little slow <laughs> to do this show uh, because we're married. Yeah, and other things sometimes <laughs> get in the in the way. Yeah. Um. So yes, that was one of the quotes that sort of. I mean, I'm sure you know this. I'm an optimist. Mm -hmm. I am one of those cheerful, 
happy-go-lucky people unless I'm PMSing or something Mm -hmm. and then it's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. But generally, I tend to look on the bright side of things. Unless you hear a noise or somebody's getting sick. Calm down. Or there's a spider. I, but I, I fear spiders or with a smile on my face. Or the smoke alarm goes off. <laughs> okay, anyway. Or something's wrong Will with your car. Will you just let me be, like, nostalgic and think of myself as a more put-together person than I actually am? Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, I kind of enjoy that trope. Actually, the book I just finished reading today, A Man Called Ove, there's that trope again. He, I mean, I don't want to spoil the book because I might make you want to like i might want you to read it but he's an old curmudgeon kind of like people see crazy pete as being except instead of people thinking he's crazy they just kind of think he's old and curmudgeonly and rude Mm -hmm. um but he's had tremendous loss in his life and he always puts aside his desires and his needs because and he appears to do so grudgingly like help everybody else Mm -hmm. get their lives together I don't know. There's just something about that story that makes me, like, say, everybody has some good in them. Mm-hmm. And that just warms my little heart. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the Crazy Pete storyline, the little boy that they found when Chrissy, or not Chrissy, when Teeny wanted to do her seance in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Or was it, say, no, Sam wanted to do it. Yeah. The science fiction writer girl. Mm-hmm. She wanted to have the seance in the cemetery, and they're outside... Uh, or in front of, I forgot what his name was. Good Johnny? Good Johnny, I think his name was. Yeah, something like that. Good Johnny's grave. And they said, oh, he was our age when he died, like 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Yeah. Um. Back in the 40s. Yeah. When everyone was drunk on Old English. <laughs> okay. Because it was the 40s. Uh-huh. Um. So, I've seen this movie many times, Mm -hmm. um, and I will admit, perhaps this time while watching it, that felt very kind of, like, out of left field for me, because I thought, I mean, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, it just sort of felt like it didn't fit, maybe. The science? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this movie. Um, Hey, I can hear me in both earphones now. Hey, me too. Can you do that? Oh, my God. Cool. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was Good Johnny or Little Johnny well, or whatever. Oh, thanks, Good Johnny. Thanks, fictional dead movie character. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things. Like, Brendan Fraser was in this movie as a hitchhiking hippie veteran. He was uncredited, too. Was he really? Yeah, what are weird. the reasons that somebody would be uncredited? I was wondering that. Um, it might have to do with a union thing. It might have to do with... He just didn't want to be credited. Um, but, like, he still, like, got paid and everything, I would assume. Maybe. Hmm. He might not have. Pro since, bono since acting. Since it was like. just sort of, like, it, it might have just been, like, he was on the lot that day. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. hey, let's make these 12-year-old girls smoke in a movie. Mm-hmm. Which was jarring for me. I think part of the reason why a lot of those, like, moments fell out of place was that it was, like, encompassing a whole summer. Yeah. And it was... 12-year-old girls with varied interests who, Mm -hmm. like, sort of put their all into one thing, like, trying to get money for a treehouse, and then they solve the mystery of what's-his-face dying. Yeah. And and on the way, saw little boy penises and Brendan Fraser. (laughs) 
Yeah. And, um, they, good thing they did not see Brendan Fraser's penis. Yeah, that would have been a and, different and movie. And good thing Brendan Fraser didn't have a little boy penis. <laughs> I guess we don't know for sure that he didn't. I mean, that, that's true. Um, so, so yeah, I guess that's, that's one of the differences between that and Stand By Me that makes Stand By Me work for me a little bit better is that it was like a trip. They, they went mm. some, and that's what I thought it was going to happen when they went to the library. Yeah. Because they were like, we can't ride our bikes there. And I was like, oh, is this going to be like, are they going to sneak out of the house? And, or, or just like, cause their parents are really all inattentive that they would have had to like, you know, bring their backpacks and a whole bunch of peanut butter and some sleeping bags and like have meaningful talks out under the stars. But it just seemed like it just was like an afternoon. Well, yeah, they passed a sign at one point, and it said, like, Greenfield or wherever they're going, like, 14 miles or something. Yeah. So it was a long way away for them to Yeah, ride. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought, though, just the way that it made it seem and what I was expecting the movie mm-hmm. to be um, was I, I expected that to be, like, the main sort of movement of the story. And the story was more vignettes, but it wasn't really... I don't know. I don't know if they switched back to the adults enough to make yeah. it make sense. Yeah, I kind of agree. I thought they could have done a lot more with the adults to sort of tie everything together. But at the same time... They were not cast very well. They were not cast... Okay, so the the, the I guess like the main little girl is Christina Ricci. Yeah. And that's because she was the only name that you knew. So they made her kind of the main girl. Um... And her adult equivalent was Rosie O'Donnell. And that doesn't make any dang sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Separately, they make sense. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can see young Christina Ricci as a tomboy because she was Wednesday Adams, And so she's a little weird. She's got a big forehead. Like, she can do that. Mm-hmm. And I can see Rosie O'Donnell as the, as the adult tomboy mm-hmm. because a league of their own and just sort of she's got a deep voice and she's, you know, thicker. Yeah. Um, but I don't see that transformation. Somewhere in the middle, something went awry yeah. because Christina Ricci grew up to be a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. and Rosie O'Donnell, you know, I'm sure she's very nice. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, they didn't have any sort of passing resemblance at all. Dark hair—that was about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny that both the children and the adults made comments what how big are your boobs now what uh roberta and she didn't answer either time but like yeah. rosie o'donnell didn't have big boobs though i mean she's a larger woman so yeah, your but, boobs are usually proportional like, you know they weren't like not to because a point she's where larger they're not like prominent like yeah. it's not like oh if you lost all this weight you would still have pretty big boobs yeah um yeah i that was not the greatest casting i also didn't really buy um, Teeny, the actress. The blonde one. Mm-hmm. Growing up into, um, oh, shoot, what's her name? Uh, Melanie Griffith, maybe? Yep, Melanie Griffith. So she went from Thor Birch to Melanie Griffith. They're blonde. They don't have very similar facial features. I think I thought that the girl who played uh, Gabby Hoffman, who was um, Sam and Demi Moore, that was pretty all right their eyes looked very similar mm-hmm. um and then chrissy i mean i guess yeah i guess that they had red hair and and like the characters 
the the way that the actresses played the characters, especially um, Christina Ricci and mm-hmm. and Rosie O'Donnell, like it didn't seem like they were acting the same character. It's not like it's almost like the actresses didn't get together beforehand. It's it's almost like they weren't on set together watching each other work mm-hmm. or at rehearsal together, and that's possible. I mean, that happens all the time. Um, but they were both just acting as themselves, and again, like as people, they don't seem like similar people. You know, like Rosie O'Donnell was doing Rosie O'Donnell, and Christina Ricci was doing Christina Ricci, and it's just not the same person. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument, oh, she grew up, she is different now. Yeah, but, but I didn't see that. Yeah, no, so yeah, I understand. I'm not gonna like, make that leap. The whole middle part of their lives, we yeah. were not privy to. But yeah, I agree. I that was probably a very poor casting decision. Um, so, I guess, what did you think of? The personalities of, I guess, the younger girls. It seems to me like every movie that's about kids, they try to have a character who is one type of mm-hmm. kid. Yeah, they have the archetypes, which is fine. And um, are, are, I don't, are I don't you know, okay there? I don't know what I'm doing with this chair right now, <laughs> but but I'm doing it. About to be Joe Overboard. Um, here, let me just, I'll just hold on. Like, oh jeez, oh god, oh, <laughs> oh no, oh oh jeez. Okay. Um. <laughs> Chrissy uh, was sort of like the the homebody, like the traditional conservative, like timid, sh- timid. She, she doesn't swear. Mm-hmm. She she thinks you re- can get pregnant from French kissing. She reluctantly <laughs> looks at little Scotty's penis because mm-hmm, she didn't want to be the only she one who had to be it. left out, right? Which ironically, she's the first one to get pregnant. That, yes, that's true. Because she's just your standard Midwestern girl. Yeah. Um, so, like, I get that. And then you have, like, the weird seance girl, which I think they could have played that up a little bit more. I think they could have had, like, her bedroom a lot more, like, spacey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they could have done more with her. Um, and then Roberta, they, they did a good job showing her, like, duct taping her, her little 12-year-old boobs yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> And growing up with a dad and no mom and a whole bunch of brothers. So it's like, oh, I get it. She's a tomboy because she's around men all the time. Um, And then the blonde one was... Teeny. She was teeny. And she was like the fashion beauty school She grew up to be an actress, yeah. Yeah, she grew up to be an actress. And she was doing all like the the Cosmo quizzes. Mm -hmm. And she practiced her acceptance speech in the mirror. She she did. She practiced interviewing um, on TV, Mm -hmm. which... I've done. Yeah. Yeah. I've practiced giving interviews yeah, about my, my art and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? She seemed very sexually charged, too. Yeah, she stuffed her bra with bags filled with pudding. Yeah, which was which was interesting because she said they were filled with vanilla pudding. I would have I would have thought chocolate, and I don't know why. <laughs> I think they feel the same. I, I know. I'm sure they do, but I just imagine that they were full of chocolate pudding. Maybe because I was expecting a gag where one of them gets popped. Oh, yeah. And oh, chocolate it. would play better on screen. Like she gets tackled by one of the the boys. Mm-hmm. So, so we've alluded to this, but just in case you haven't seen the movie, there's four boys in town. They're all brothers, and they're like the antagonists. They yeah. they run around teasing. And if you if you've grown up in a in a suburb in the Midwest, you understand that. There's about a dozen kids who are all the same age mm-hmm. in in a single suburb because that's just kind of how the suburbs work. Um, 
And so there was a group of boys and there was a group of girls, which felt very real to my experience. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I expected one of them to tackle her and her boobs would pop and there'd be like <laughs> chocolate all over her or something, something, something like that. But instead it just like fell out or no, she, no, even, she, she took it out. Yeah. Like it, it didn't even become a problem, Mm-mm. which was weird because like even in Little House on the Prairie, when Laura puts apples in her shirt, like the apples fall out while she's yeah. in school. We also have to re- take into account though that this is basically the novelization of what Sam remembered that summer being like. Yeah. So she could have been playing up Teenie's personality and said, oh, Teenie was so self-assured that she didn't even care she stuffed her boobs. She wanted everybody to know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, sure. Uh, that's, that's, um, I mean, that's the thing is, uh, <sighs> I guess I, I guess I don't know because I've never been a, a girl coming mm-hmm. of age. Um, but altogether, their personalities, they all felt realistic. Obviously, they were archetypal for the benefit of the movie mm-hmm. because, God forbid, we have complicated characters in this movie for children that will make them bored. Uh, so we can't do that. But, like, the amount of time they spent talking about boys and sex felt right to me mm-hmm. versus the amount of time they spent talking about tree houses yeah and and uh seances and whatever like that they seemed at that age where there would be that balance you know mm-hmm. where it's not just like the switch is flipped and everyone's gotten their period and they're like well see ya time to go get some yeah. dick <laughs> um yeah i agree that they all felt realistic but i'm kind of sick of it in movies and in books where every single character is just an archetype nobody is like like you said a complicated person or anything and if they are complicated they're the complicated person archetype mm-hmm. it's just which like, really just means that they're emo and and really selfish and annoying or like a manic pixie dream girl kind of yeah. thing. yeah which is where you're just like she's complicated and you're like why it's like well she likes bob seeger and hiking yeah and you're like oh okay yeah I like I I honestly in recent memory I couldn't come up with a movie or any type of media that did it better or how I expect somebody might be able to do it kind of thing if they tried a little harder. Yeah, I mean you get like the coming of age stories that have more complicated characters are usually the ones that aren't for kids. Yeah. Because some of the the main characters in American Honey to me felt complicated. Like the main girl in American Honey felt pretty complicated. Like she had that like she's taking care of the kids in the beginning and mm-hmm. she feels responsible for them and all that. Um, but then definitely just ditches them to go with the cute boy mm-hmm. and there you know there there's stuff there. But again, that movie like has on screen sex and underage kids drinking and fighting and naked and yep. all that stuff. So, like, it's not for... But I guess, like, that's the reality of life, though, is that, like, the life of a 13-year-old is not something you would show to 13-year-olds in a movie, like, with rating systems and stuff, because, like, they did it in Stand By Me, where they had the kids calling each other, like, cocksuckers and bitches and stuff like that, which is definitely what happened when I was in a group of 13-year-old boys and also 13 Mm-hmm. Like, we, we definitely were trying out swear words, much like Shia LaBeouf and iRobot. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> where Will Smith had to show up and say, just stop with that. Um, but like, I don't know. We were talking about darker stuff and doing more rowdy things than, you know, just walking around and getting leeches on our penis. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. When I was 13, I was self-harming and talking to my friends about that. And I had friends who were like doing drugs and smoking and stuff. And I still turned out fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and fairly, just fairly white bread, normal, you know, young adult. I don't, I stay at home with my wife most nights. Like I'm, I'm fairly Midwestern in that way, but my mm-hmm. childhood was not something that you would show in a PG movie. Right. Uh, and I think that's part of it. I also think part of it is just that writers are lazy. Mm-hmm. And and movie studios and producers say, well, we need to tone that down a little bit. Yeah. That's, the, the, that's not testing well. Yeah. And that's just something you're always going to fight mm-hmm. when making movies. That's what we've complained about, I think, almost every single episode of the show and will for the next 200 episodes. Probably. Um, I did find it kind of funny how the younger, how you could, how you perceived, or at least how I perceived the adult characters in the younger girl's story. Like, they had the crazy, uh, late, the psychic lady who was also a waitress Mm. and they just kind of like said she's so weird until they needed her and then they're like oh yeah let's go see her she's the perfect person for this Mm -hmm. and then obviously crazy pete they said oh he's a scary guy and then he comes along and he saves sam from the storm drain and she's like yeah he's a good guy and then like they all saw when they were sitting in the in the restaurant at the beginning doing the cosmo quiz and Sam's mom got out of the car and is walking down the street. And they're like, your mom's such a slut, Sam. Mm-hmm. And just all these like funny characterizations they had of the adults. And then I would assume, although we didn't really see much of the adults' versions of them. Mm-hmm. But like they probably became sort of like the kind of things that they criticized in all of those people. Mm-hmm. Or at least their worlds became a lot more gray. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's 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 an interesting coming of age film I'd like to see is where you have that like black and white good and bad and then the coming of age is realizing that it's more complicated than that. Hey, uh, do you remember that novel that I spent seven months of last year writing and then abandoned? Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm. Well, you should finish it. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I'd like to read it. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> coming soon to a barnes and noble near you mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah so um yeah um yeah so mm, yeah um yeah um yeah um okay so what do you think about like the sort of nostalgic movies that like the sort of time period movies of like, more recent time periods than, like... Oh, like, of the 90s? Or, like, of the 70s, which I guess this movie was taking place in, for the most part? Kind of. Like, do you feel like... I mean, I don't know. Like, at first I was thinking movies that portray, like, the 60s and the 70s, because that's, like, when our parents were growing up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, I guess, sort of comparatively, movies about the 90s and early 2000s when we're growing up versus like 
historical movies of like 1920 and like 1875 like i feel like there's maybe it's just because we grew up closer to that time but it feels like there's automatically like more intentional nostalgia like injected into movies that are about the 60s through like the early 2000s Sure, i mean you can feel that in like the nice guys yeah that was a good one Mm -hmm. or um yeah um i'm kind of done i'm kind of done with nostalgia oh yeah um that's that's been a really big part of our generation just because it's really easy to remember things because thank you the internet and so there's a lot of that like oh man i remember seeing one episode of that show what was that show and then googling it and being like oh yeah dog yeah oh dog and so there's a lot of that uh, for people in their 20s. It's really easy to relive your childhood. Just go to BuzzFeed. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> BuzzFeed has made billions of dollars on it. And just things like, I don't know, like Magic School Bus and Bill Nye the Science Guy are on Netflix currently. Mm-hmm. And Hey Arnold was on there for a while and probably still is. And Billy and Mandy. There was a lot of Cartoon Network stuff from the early 90s and early aughts mm-hmm. in there. And so everyone was really nostalgic for a while, and then I just kind of got sick of it because, uh, you know, oversaturation, and there were some things from the early, or from the mid to late 90s and early aughts that were really good, but a lot of it was just trash. Yeah, but we sort of look back at it with our rose-colored glasses saying, oh, yeah. our lives were so great back then, so I, everything we watched was amazing. Yeah, I guess it's kind of the same thing, too, where I'm sick of irony. Mm. And we probably rewatch a lot of that stuff ironically, where it's like, oh my god, Og Real Monsters was real funny. And you rewatch it and you're like, oh yeah, I remember why I like it. Mm-hmm. Then then there's shows that are, that are still legitimately good, like Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy is just a legitimately good show, and Samurai Jack and Magic School Bus is actually a good educational show. Mm-hmm. But, like, Courage the Cowardly Dog isn't great. No. And... Mr. Meaty was not good. I hated that show with a burning passion. It's disgusting, it's not funny, and I hate those stupid puppets. Okay, we can move on now. <laughs> um, Tapeworm episode. Oh, God, no, stop. Um, so, I all I often have a hard time telling if movies like that are genuine or if cynical cash grabs yeah kind of like how we have a zillion sequels like is is it like people saying yeah do you remember the 70s weren't they awesome let's make a movie about how awesome they were or is it hey you remember when your life was so much better back in the 70s you're gonna want to see this movie because it will transport you back to that time i don't know if there's that much of a difference between those two thoughts Mm -hmm. maybe not like i can't tell if these movies are intended to make us like feel something about that era or if they're supposed to just be a movie that oh yeah they grew up in the 70s like stranger things is probably the biggest that's a good example the biggest because it's all kinds of stephen king all Mm -hmm. kinds of steven spielberg a little bit of twin peaks Mm mm-hmm it's got the soundtrack and the kids and the bird. Like, there's lots of stuff just, like, blatantly lifted from E.T. and mm-hmm. So on and so forth. And some people have called it the best thing ever, and some people have called it sentimental fluff. Yes. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, overly sentimental, like, 
we made it look so good because this is how you remember it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, there's a time and a place for that, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, with regards to this movie, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how much of that there is. So there is the element that the adults are taking place in the 90s, yep. which is when kids are watching it. Yep. So kids are watching a movie where the people who are their age are, are from when their parents were growing up, mm-hmm. which means that parents will want to watch the movie with their kids. Mm-hmm. That's just good. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that the movie is for the adults. But they definitely centered the time frame around that so that parents would want to watch with their kids. Yeah. Which is what you just have to do for media for children most of the time. Mm-hmm. You have you have to put something in it for the adults, too, because the adults are bringing the kids to the theater. Yes. Uh, I don't think it's bad. I think that with regards to this movie, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel, aside from the fact that it had that same sort of I want to say, oh, brother, where art thou? Because that's what we're watching next week. But <gasps> Spoiler alert. The Stephen King one. Mm-hmm. What's the movie? Stand By Me? Stand By Me. <laughs> it left my mind and, and went away. It's like, goodbye. <laughs> they both had that sort of like real rosy, almost literally in the cinematography, mm-hmm. rosy sort of... O'Donnell? Qua- <laughs> ...quality to, to the kids' parts where all the lighting is like... Mm-hmm. Kind of like the whole thing's a dream sequence. Yeah. And that gets to be about much. Like, the music had lots of flute, and Mm -hmm. it was very soothing and calming and quaint and something that you can imagine Norman Rockwell uh, painting to or something like that. Yeah. And that gets to be about a bit much, but I don't feel like this movie was a cynical, nostalgic cash grab. Good. I'm glad you think that because I don't think so either. Okay. I think that this movie was made with good intentions kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, that sounds kind of weird, like me saying, yeah, those other movies like this, they're made for nefarious purposes. Well, a lot of them are. (laughs) I guess. Um, But no, I feel like it was the filmmaker's, like, vision to create a story that girls could watch with their moms and Mm -hmm. bond over kind of thing which i think is really great i i definitely think that that was the goal of the movie and i'm sure that it met that goal yeah i watched it with my mom it was good um so i kind of want to take a left field and add on to something that i brought up a few minutes ago okay chloris leachman oh the lady who's perpetually old yes she is Always 97 years she, old. She is, she is the lady Cl- Christopher Lloyd, or, for equality's sake, Christopher Lloyd is the male Cloris Leachman. There you go. Where they're just old, like, forever. They're just always old. <laughs> she was born old. She, she, was, she, was, she Benjamin buttoned, but she never actually yeah. buttoned. She just Benjamin. She came out a fully formed old lady. <laughs> anyway, I love Cloris Leachman, though. Everything she's in is great. Um, like Raising Hope. She's wonderful in that. Yeah. Um... But she also played that sort of, Sam, you have a weird grandma. Uh, And then all of a sudden, like, there's that scene where she's, like, banging on Sam's mom's windows, trying to get in, saying, let me in. I know you're in there. Oh, yeah. You need to go to him. Yeah. 
<laughs> and um, I, it wasn't clear if that was her mom or her estranged husband's mom. They didn't make they that didn't. clear. Like, that would just be an interesting tidbit to find oh. out. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, they go to Cloris Leachman, who is Sam's grandma, to um, find out more and see if she knew anything about Dear Johnny or whatever his name was. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's just another one of those very one-sided adult character kind of deals. Like, it was, like, she was funny, though. Like, she served them alcohol, or not alcohol, lemonade that you could tell by the looks on the girls' faces was disgusting, and she gulps it all up. Mm -hmm. And then she shoes them out of her house and jumps into a speeding away car to go play bingo. Yeah. It was great. And her her little blue-haired Betty friends are honking the horns, like, come on, we're gonna be late! (laughs) And then they break into her house, and they go through her things... It's. I don't remember that part of the movie. Yeah, they climbed up on a roof, went into her attic, and then were combing through oh. items. And then Roberta just smashed her mirror because she was mad about her, oh, her, yeah. her mom. Oh, she, yeah, she was mad about her mom, so she threw a thing at a window. So, or a mirror or whatever. Yeah. I know we both kind of agreed that Roberta seems to be the main character of the movie, but I'm starting to think it was Sam, which makes more sense because she was the writer who wrote the novel. That's the thing, is that it felt like it should have been her because she was the one narrating the story. Well, because we got more backstory about her family than anyone else's. Mm -hmm. She had more relatives as prominent characters in this movie, and she sort of had the, the big issue that she was going through at the time like roberta yeah she was getting over her mom's death and she had she was getting big boobs so she had two big issues i guess that's three um but she like hers like sam's had the most immediate like things at stake for her in this movie yeah she's also the one who almost drowned in the storm drain yeah they were probably trying to make it so that there wasn't really a, a one main character so that girls of all kinds could enjoy the movie equally but they didn't flesh out Chrissy or tear, Chrissy or or teen, tear gas yeah. <laughs> nearly enough if that's what they were going for. Yeah, like literally all we got of Teeny was her in her room saying her parents are never home, and we got a shot of like like this crane shot of her house where they were having like a cocktail party and then yeah. she was upstairs alone. And then we saw her sitting on her roof looking at the drive-in movie screen. Yeah, but like that was it. Everything mm-hmm. else was her in relation to being friends with Sam. Um, and then Chrissy, she got the water your garden talk from her mom, and that was about it. Which was her mom's about to having her babies. Talk. Yeah, you gotta get the boys' hose in your garden. Okay, this is creepy. We're moving on. All right. Oh, that's something else I wanted to ask you about because sex. No, I'm pretty when sure a, when a I've got that one figured out. Um, because uh, I have never been a teenage sex. boy. Oh. What? You've never had sex? I'm you've pretty never, sure you know that. You've I never had sex have. with a teenage boy? No comment. Um, you haven't. <laughs> you've um, never been a teenage boy having sex? Because neither have I. That's true. Okay, so anyway, now that this has been very creepy, and if anyone who knows us actually listens to this, this will be a little Hi, bit mom. awkward. <laughs> um, Katie so, and I have sex, Mom. <laughs> well, we're married. It's okay. Um... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, so, what was I going to ask? Oh, I've never been a teenage boy, so I don't know if this is the, if this is true for guys as it was for girls, because I have been a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. I've tried to black much of that part of my life out. Okay. When I met you is pretty much where I let my memories continue, but everything Aww. before that, it's kind of like, eh. Um, mm-hmm. 
So they made it pretty clear that it was Roberta and Chrissy and Sam and Teeny. Mm-hmm. Like, they were all four friends, but you could definitely tell, like, mm-hmm. you know, they broke off into smaller yeah. friendship groups. And I was trying to think about my experience. And middle school, I guess about the age that I was with them, I had a big group of friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was kind of like everyone sort of just knew that... Yeah, you're in our group of friends, but that doesn't mean we all like each other kind of thing. And then we had, like, my best friend was Courtney, and we were in this big group. We had, like, all these people that we hung out with. We went over to their houses. I watched uh, a... Porno? No. I watched a bootleg version of Paul Blart Mall Cop in somebody's basement Paul Blart Mall Blart? Yep. Yeah, weird stuff happened. But... (laughs) um, but it was just very well known that, like, you all hung out together, but on the weekends, but during the week, you only called this one person, then you talked and you talked about the other people kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So how is it for guys? Is it like a big group with smaller groups? Are you well, all one if, big group or did none of you like each other at all? If I could speak for all men. Please. Also, as a person who has never once had a friend. Oh, please. Um, we had a very small group. Mm-hmm. Um. I think at most it was like eight people, and that's because we all had girlfriends at the time. Mm. Um, it seemed to me that th- that there was a little bit of that, but it interchanged a lot. Like we'd get sick of Ooh. each other, and so it would be like Terry and swinging Terry and David are best friends now, but now Terry's sick of David, so David's hanging out with Ethan a whole bunch. Terry's hanging out with Gabe. And- mm-hmm. Everything. And then there were also times where it felt like one person was, like, the air quotes leader. Yeah. Like, everyone wanted to hang out with blank. Yep. You know? and Same thing with us. And, like, nobody called anybody except for this one person. And so we would all hang out together because we all called blank on Friday. Yeah. And he said, well, X and Y are coming over, so you might as well come over, too. Yeah. It's... I think that must be a pretty universal kind of thing, then. Like, guys and girls, like, everybody says, oh, friendships between guys is so different than friendship between girls, but I don't think it is. I mean, we were sure a lot meaner to each other, like, overtly. Mm-hmm. You've okay, seen those videos. Part. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I I enjoyed this movie. I It brought me back to moments in my life although i was not even a mere thought in this world back in the 70s when it took place Mm -hmm. but it reminded me a lot of my childhood it didn't feel all that 70s aside from slutty mom clothes i mean they wore a lot of bright colors and ugly clothes and yeah but that's also just how little kids dress that's true like it felt fairly timeless i can buy that they did play outside a lot more than kids nowadays they sung whatever (laughs) That's bullshit, and everyone knows it. <laughs> it's bullshit. I know exactly how to push your buttons. Um, and um, what? Oh, like, I guess when they were taking their little bike trip and they were singing to the boombox, they were singing 70 songs, and Brendan Fraser got back from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So there were times. But aside from that, it, it just felt like kids in I a mean, small Midwestern yeah. town. But the thing is, the Midwest doesn't go through time. At the normal speed. <laughs> it's true. We're like 10 years behind everybody. We're, we go at about one quarter speed. 
Um, I mean, there were other little things that made it feel 70s to me, like the fact that they lived in the Gaslight Edition, which was brand new modern houses in a brand new subdivision. The fact that Sam's family was the only one on the block going through a divorce kind of thing. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think it was funny how they grew up in the Gaslight District. Gaslight Edition. Gaslight Edition. Mm -hmm. Because gaslighting is a thing you can do to a person to make them unsure of their own memory. What? Yeah, do you not know what it means to gaslight someone? No, well, cuz cuz the liberal media does it all the time. This is this is a thing that politicians do a lot and a thing that you can just do to someone to really screw them up. Mm-hmm. Is like um say you were trying to gaslight someone at a coffee shop, like you're a barista and you want to gaslight someone and they're like, "Hey, can I have a caramel macchiato?" Mm-hmm. and you hand them an americano and they're like, "But this is not what I ordered." And you're like, "What are you talking about?" You definitely ordered the Americano. And they're like, no, no, no. I'm, I swear to God, I, I I ordered the caramel macchiato. And you're like, no, dude, you're crazy. You just said. <laughs> um, and gaslighting, obviously, is, is more complex than that. But it essentially is, is convincing someone that their own memory is incorrect. Is this like the Mandela effect? What's the Mandela effect? It's how everybody like collectively has memories that aren't real. Like how everybody, like, I never thought this so, but the name of it is that everybody thought that Mandela died in prison, but he actually died in 2013. Mm. Like how people thought the Bernstein Bears were the Bernstein Bears, and how everybody thinks that they saw a movie called Shazam, and they never did. There was a movie called Shazam (laughs) starring Shaq, and it was on Disney. I know! That's... (laughs) No, there's all these weird things where... People say, that never happened, but it totally happened. So a lot of it is people trying to convince other people that things didn't happen to screw them. Yeah, that's that's gaslighting. Um, The Mandela effect is is why psychedelics are so cool, because you tap into the collective unconscious, and you you get to feel the way the universe is all wrapping us around. Hey, who's ready for some trivia? Sure. All right. right. Rosie O'Donnell has stated that the character of Roberta was supposed to be a lesbian, but the film was later re-edited and sh- edited, edited, re-edited, re-edited, and she was made straight. The line, Roberta lives in sin with her boyfriend, was looped in at the last minute. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Next. Uh, in the scene where Chrissy punches Roberta in the face for pretending to drown, Christina Ricci forgot to turn her head and ended up getting punched in the face full force. The production was shut down a few days Be because Christina was badly bruised. <laughs> Ashley Aston Moore, who played Chrissy, passed away at age 26 due to bronchitis and pneumonia. Which is really weird. It is. Because this movie was shot in the 1990s, not the 1890s. And she was 26 in 2007. Yeah. And she died of that, which is really sad. Um, so rest in peace, Chrissy. And I actually think I told you this one day, that she died in the interim between... My most recent two viewings of the yeah. movie, which is sad. I don't know. Um, the little girl who plays Samantha's sister, Angela, is Demi Moore's real life daughter, Rumor Will- Rumor Willis, and Demi Rumor Rumor Willis Rumor R U M E R Willis. Um, she and Demi Moore. She, she, no, that's Rummer. No, it's not. That's a person what makes alcohol out of sugar no, cane. Her name is Rumor. It's Rummer. Demi Moore played the older Samantha. 
Demi Moore's. So her daughter played her sister, kind of thing. Um, This is one of two movies released in 1995 in which Christina Ricci is the love interest of Devin Sawa. The other is Casper, in which Devin played Casper in human form. That's the little boy she kissed. Mm. Um, In the movie, they are singing the Tony Orlando hit song, Knock Three Times, while on their way to do research at the library. Mm -hmm. The song was actually not released until November 1970, and therefore would not have been possible to listen to in the summer of 1970 when the story takes place. Hence the Gaslight District. The original name of the movie was going to be the Gaslight Edition. But everyone thought it was going to be like a crime novel I don't know. adaptation. Everyone's like, oh man, I'm so excited for that new noir film. The drive-in movie that Teeny is watching before she and Sam try out the treehouse is Love Story from 1970. Scenes in, okay, so this would have tied things together better. Scenes in which the girls were in a carnival to raise money for their clubhouse were cut from the film. Oh. Um, oh. The movie, a.k.a. the Gaslight Edition, was actually written about a town in Indiana named Winchester and its Gaslight Edition. The author of the story, I, Marlene King, grew up there, as did the director Robert Wise in vastly different years. Winchester declined to have their name associated with the movie, so the name became Shelby, but later Winchester began to preserve areas mentioned in the movie. Also, that reminds me that I, Marlene King, who wrote the movie... She also wrote Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. Which is also a story about four close friends and dead people. And a blonde and a dark-haired and an Asian and a redhead. There was no Asian in this movie. No, but they couldn't have two dark hairs. They did, though. Sam and No, in Roberta. the new one, you gotta be more diverse. No, they did. That. What are you talking about? There was a blonde and then there were three brunettes. In Pretty Little Liars? Yes. <laughs> there was an Asian, though. Well, she had dark hair. Yeah, but she was Asian. She wasn't just a dark hair. This is feeling a little bit racist. Let's move on. Kristen Dunst was offered the role of Chrissy, but refused to gain weight for the role. She stated, quote, it wasn't worth ruining my figure. Should have played Deanie. The tarot cards used by Willa Dean are the Five of Swords, High Priestess, Death, Page of Swords, and Ten of Swords. The exact interpretation is unknown. Okay. Well, that's because it's baloney. It's 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 uh it's not a real thing. At one point, one of the girls sarcastically asks, "What are you, a pod person?" This is a reference to the sci-fi horror film Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956, which would have been quite popular among 12-year-old girls and other young people during the period portrayed in this film. I don't know if I buy that. Why would girls be into a movie that was 14 years old? And about pod people. Yeah. I don't know. They did remake Invasion of the Body Snatchers in the 70s, though. Oh, Starring Donald Sutherland. But it was rated R. Maybe they snuck in, or they saw it from Teenie's rooftop at the drive-in. But it would be soundless. That's true. So it would have just been Donald Sutherland going... (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Despite having the same last name, Demi Moore and Ashley Aston Moore are not related in any way. That's all I've got for trivia for you. It's all good. Move on to the survey. Survey says. Let's see. For your exciting survey questions today, we are going to ask. 
Which character would be the first to die in a horror movie? Teeny. Yeah? Blonde. Why do you think teeny? Blonde. That's your answer? Blonde? Yes. Okay. Since there were no black characters, it would be the blonde one. Alrighty. Or Roberta, because she had the biggest boobs. But probably blonde. <laughs> okay. Um, pick three relevant items from this movie that you'd want with you if you're stuck on a deserted island. Treehouse. Bicycle. Um, movie projector. <laughs> but you couldn't have any movies. I would just shine it at. I would just shine it at planes. I would rig up a way to have the bike stationary to power mm-hmm. the projector, and then when planes came, I would ride the bike and shine light at the plane to try to get off of the island. You're and so I would, smart. I, I would do this all from my treehouse. Have you seen the show Flight Twenty Nine Down? Um, parts of it. That was on Discovery Kids. Yeah, uh, my little sister watched that. I love that show. We should watch it. I thought it was like Survivor, but with kids, but I guess it was more like Lost, but with kids. They had a Survivor show on Discovery Kids. Yeah, they did. It was called, um... Did they play those shows back to back? Because I think think they're very conflated in my head. (laughs) I think they are too. Um... You think they're conflated in my head? I do. Okay. Which character would you least like to be trapped in an elevator with? Stinky Pete. I mean, Crazy Pete. But he was so nice. He was so nice, but he would probably die, and then he would be Stinky Pete. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's where I was getting with that joke. Okay. (laughs) Can you say so? Well, so what did you think of this movie? It was fine. I'm not angry with you for showing it to me. (laughs) Well, that's good. Um, I think I liked it more than you liked the last one I showed you, which was Only God Forgives. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, I don't know, if you're a 12-year-old girl, first, stop listening to this podcast, and two, go see it, and then come back and listen to this podcast some more, because we like the numbers. (laughs) It was fine. You know, I'm not the audience for it, Mm -hmm. but as far as movies for kids go, this is more good than bad. Okay. I, I can do if, that. If you're into this sort of thing, you will like it. If you are not, you will feel nothing about it. I think I need to start showing you fewer movies for children. <laughs> that seems to be my I repertoire. I agree. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just such a child at heart, dear. I know. But she's actually an adult. <laughs> she, was, she was 23 when I married her, and she was over 18 when we did all of the things that adults do. And um, I just want to make that very clear that we are both pretty much the same age. I am only six months older than her. And and, uh, she is not a child. I did not marry a child. My wife is an adult. Thank you for that PSA. I want to make this very clear. I think we're all clear. I think we are. Uh, My client is not prepared to comment further on any more matters, on any more questions pertaining to this matter at this time. Hey, love, where can people find us? Noisemakerjoe.com slash sharing everything. And where can people contact us? Sharing everything show at Gmail. You can also find us on iTunes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and wherever good podcasts are found. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, so what are you planning to show me next week? I know you already spoiled it, but. Oh, brother, where art thou? Are we going to find out where art person's brother in this movie? I don't know. Have you seen this movie? Yes. Okay. A whole bunch. All right. I love this movie. All right. It's one of my favorite Coen brother movies. Wonderful. All right. Uh, until then, keep talking, keep loving, and keep sharing. I'm married to an adult. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>